Welcome back to the La Fantasista podcast. This week, we're going to have James, who is an Arsenal fan, feature again. And since he's an Englishman, me and him are going to pick our England squads. Welcome back, James. Good to be back. All right. So obviously, over the last few weeks, and I'm sure over the upcoming next few weeks, there will be so much discussion about who makes the England squad and why. And I thought that it would be good to talk to you because obviously you're a Premier League fan, you're an Arsenal mm-hmm. fan, and you're from England. So let's start with quickly, who do you, who are your kind of sort of options at goalkeeper? So we'll just go through every position. And the way I want to do this is we'll go through all our options and we'll pick like the top three for goalkeepers and top two for every other position. Okay, so are we? am I naming more than just the three that I choose? Uh, if you've only are we, decide, are we going to decide between ourselves? Because I've only I've got three written down currently. Because with goalkeepers, I feel like they pick themselves a bit. Yeah, with goalkeepers, I found that too. So, um, my me, three goalkeepers, uh-huh. I've got Pickford, Pope, and Henderson. And uh, I would personally start Jordan Pickford just because of his experience in international tournaments, and for whatever reason, from what I've seen of him internationally, he seems to perform pretty well. I don't know if it's just the nature of the international football, but um, I trust him much more than Nick Pope because every time I see Nick Pope play with his feet, he looks shaky. And I think it's just come too early for Dean Henderson. So I don't think he's ready yet. Yeah. So the the goalkeepers that could possibly be a backup are Darlow, McCarthy and Johnstone. So I wouldn't really entertain that. Yeah, the, um, only one, the only one that even comes close is Johnston. McCarthy has been terrible this season. He's been dropped for Fraser Forster. Yeah. And Darlow, very, very average keeper, to be frank. Yeah, so between Pope Henderson and Pickford, I struggle with this because I'd say Pope is the best shot stopper. He has like 82% save percentage. He's a freak yeah, like agree. that. I agree. Henderson's kind of a mix of both. I feel like he's good with his feet. And then Pickford's also... He has good long-range kicking. He's a bit sus with short passes. But I think that the experience aspect is probably what has me pick Pickford too. Also, um, something, something for the later rounds, you don't want to be chopping and changing with keepers throughout games. And Pickford's probably the keeper you'd most want for a shootout. Yeah, yeah. Pickford saved penalties before for England. I don't think... I've never, I've not seen Nick Pope's record for penalties, but I don't think it stands out. But I think Pickford is especially decent at saving penalties. So, yeah, I just think the experience as well. When you've got a team of players who only come together a few times a year, you need good communication. And Jordan Pickford knows that defense better than the other two. So I think you've got to stick with what you know. Yeah, um, I think, I think on- honestly, whoever picks Pope or Henderson, I wouldn't like necessarily no, think that's a crazy Pope, opinion. Pope. Yeah, yeah, but I think I, th- I think Pickford's the right choice, to be honest. It's, it's quite bleak, though, if you compare our goalkeeping options to other nations. You've got Germany with Neuer to Stegen, Leno, etc. Yeah. Our best keeper's Pickford. But I think Spain at the moment. Spain are playing... I can't remember his name. What's Ro- Robert Sanchez from Brighton? No, he. I really, really rate him. I think, I th- think he'd be a great signer for Arsenal, but that's a different story. Yeah. Um, I can't remember his name. Who they played? Simon. Uh, yes, Simon. Yeah. yeah. So they've got some interesting. Key- they don't seem to have a very strong keeper at the moment either. 
Yeah. Um, okay. Now let's let, move on to probably the most controversial position, right back. So obviously, this is probably the deepest position I'd say after left wing. Um, yeah, it's terrible. Uh, all right. I'll just go through the options real quick because okay. it's a hard one. So obviously, Walker is probably the most experienced option. There's Reese James, Aaron Wambasaka, <clears throat> Trippier, Trent, James Tavernier, I guess is an option, but I don't think he'll ever make it playing for Rangers. Then there's, yeah, Matty Cash and uh, uh, Max Aarons. So through the process of elimination, I'd say Mar Aarons, no, too young, plays for Norwich. Yep. Uh, Cash, I think he's had a great season, but I just don't think he's as good as the other options. Is yeah, it's just levels. Yeah. So the so the two I've picked uh, are Kyle Walker and Reese James. So, how about you? I've um, I've pussied out of it. <laughs> I've gone for all three. I've gone for three. I've put Kyle Walker, Trent, and Reese James as my right backs. Okay. Just want to confirm the the final squad is twenty three players, right? Yeah, I've, I've written down 23, but there's discussion about being 25. So I, I do have two backups. And if okay. it's 25, I definitely think we should take all three. Yeah, if it's 25, I would take Trent. But I, especially as a Real Madrid fan, after watching his performance this week against yeah, that's us. True, that's true. Uh, so the reason I don't think he goes on the plane if it's a 23-man squad is because Walker provides something that none of the other options provide, which is just extreme pace that will recover on the counter and security in possession. Yeah, Walker's Walker's the safe option. You have to you have to take Walker. You can't not. Yeah, and he's also the most experienced with his age. Obviously, multiple title winner, and he's been good with England. And then the reason I take Reese James is because I think he's more rounded than Trent. I think his crossing is. Definitely not as good, but it is very good. And I just like him more as a player than I do Trent because I don't think England plays anything similar to the way Liverpool plays. And even when Liverpool has slightly changed system this year, we've seen how much Trent has dropped off. I, I feel a bit sorry for Trent because this season he's really... If you watch the Real Madrid game, I didn't watch it. I, I was watching the other game, but he had Cater in front of him, Nat Phillips next to him, and basically no protection whatsoever. And his instructions are to bomb forward. So when he's getting caught out of position, that's a that's a problem with the system, not necessarily a problem with Trent. Obviously, his awareness isn't great, but defensively, I do think he's improved one on one this season. I agree with everything you're saying, and something I think is Reese James is a better in a five at the back because some yeah. people some people like to think that Trent is better it, it, Trent would suit a five at the back because he doesn't have to do the defensive work but when he's playing there he's not got the space to run into when yeah. in Liverpool system the thing is Salah pins back the fullback and then Trent has the space to push into and then make the crosses from deep whereas as a full as a wing back you're already there and you've got to take a man on and Trent really hasn't got that so I, I see arguments for either. If you had to push me, your debate, what you've just argued to me, maybe has swung me Reese James, but currently I've got all three of them in my squad. 
Yeah, and and another reason we definitely need to take Walker is because he can play that right center back slot. So yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, and mm -hmm. do we both agree that you'd start Kyle Walker? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to left back. Uh, I don't think there's actually that many options here because James Justin is, was, is probably he was probably my starting pick when he was playing, but. Obviously, he's out with an ACL injury. He's not going to make it. Mm -hmm. So, and Luke Shaw has picked up form even more so since that injury. So, I think he's the starting option. Yeah. Um, but then when we're going for a backup left back, I've actually gone for Saka to have that slot because I think as a left wing back, he's probably better than Chilwell. I was actually doing some research and he actually has a better tackle success rate than Ben Chilwell, and it's like significant, like 15% better. Yeah. He makes almost as many tackles. He obviously has more goal contributions, but he's been playing right winger. And is, it, yeah, I was say, is the tackles, is this from left back? Because the only problem is tackle success rate as a right winger might be a bit different to as a left back because you're not facing the same type of players. I think so. The way I tried searching it up was throughout his duration as a left back so it might be a bit inaccurate but i do okay. think that it is yeah. and also he makes so defensively he has similar skill set as chilwell like everyone knows chilwell is not a great defender and then going forward i, I mean obviously Saka is better for me he's a better dribbler he's a great crosser of the ball and he's more of a goal threat i think so the other options are probably Cresswell and Target and maybe Ainsley Maitland-Niles if we're definitely playing a five at the back. But I just think Saka yeah. can play the left back position and can play the left wing back position. And he has been so good this season that you just have to get him in the squad. Something that's quite interesting to me is that our, where Arteta plays Saka, if Cedric plays left back or if Saka plays left back, might make a big difference in how Southgate picks his squad. Because if Saka plays left-back for the rest of the season, does a great job, then he'll probably have that left-back spot secured. Yeah, that's also true. Or at least or at least be in the squad and with the knowledge that he can play that position. But at the moment, my worry is still that Arsenal's system will be very different to the system England play. And I know how versatile Saka is, but to ask a player to play a completely new position and to understand exactly where he needs to be at all times without the coaching... I think is quite a big ask. So Gary Neville was talking a big thing about, he was talking about p pinching positions. If you watch the um, Sky Sports thing, he was saying mm -hmm. you can't pinch positions, which I have actually done. But um, yeah, I've, I've removed one of my centre-backs for a right-back. Um, but I'd still take Chilwell and Shaw just to have proper cover at left-back in case, because if Shaw got injured, then you're relying on Saka to play left-back for the whole competition. Yeah. yeah. Uh, similarly to Trent, I think if you have a 25-man squad, that's probably the extra players you take, Chilwell and Trent. But And then you let Saka be like an attacking option rather than a left-back option. But yeah. if it's 23, I think I'm taking Saka over Chilwell. Like, it might be a bit of Arsenal bias, but I just think he's more than good enough to... And we both agree that Shaw would start left-back. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, mm -hmm. his form right now is just out of this world. Uh, center backs, I've actually gone for a pretty com controversial pick at left center back. So let's start with that. Who are your options? 
at left center back specifically or center back overall if you've just chosen like three <clears throat> different ones then you can just say those that's fine i've got i've only chosen three center backs oh, okay which was probably a mistake but i think england's center back options are horrible uh-huh. if i had to pick four i'd choose stones Maguire. i think they pick themselves uh-huh. and then lewis duncan esri concert okay okay i don't rate connor cody especially in a four at the back i think he's a fairly average defender and shouldn't be playing for england and i think tyron mings is a horrible defender i do not see much in him and the only reason why he'll be in the english squad at all is because he's the only left-footed center back we've got <laughs> uh i mean obviously the options are a lot but not good so there's uh, cody as you said dyer and smalling Joe Gomez would be an option and probably go. Yeah, and then there's Dunk, me, Tamori. But actually, my backup options are Michael Keane and Godfrey. Now, I know this might be a controversial one, but Ben Godfrey this season, I don't know if anyone's watched him, has been so good. Like, so, so good. Like, okay, so he has the pace to burn basically any attacker like when he was playing left back for everton he would just kick the ball down the channel and run into it no one could catch up to him and that's another reason i like him is because he can fill in at left back and right back and then michael Keane, i think he's it's just between him and dunk and i think he's just had a slightly better season and the backup to godfrey like if i had to choose someone else it would be konza but i just think godfrey's a bit better for me the thing is, with, with my picks of Consor and Dunk, well, I've only picked Dunk, but Consor as well, neither of them have ever played for England. So I think it's incredibly unlikely that their first call-up would be for the Euros. Yeah. So um, I think for that reason, Michael Keane is more likely because he's played with the squad, he knows where he's playing, etc. And um, no, Godfrey as well. The other thing I was going to say, in the three at the back, he suits um, the flank centre-back very well, I think. Yeah, he, he just has so much speed for a centre-back. Like, he's probably faster than even Gomez was. Especially so, if you've got Maguire in the centre of centre-backs. Yeah. Um, to have John Stones and Godfrey or Walker and Godfrey's pace next to him really makes up for it. And he's secure in possession. Like, he's very dominant in the air. He's a strong guy. So, I mean, I see that why people might think it's a bit controversial, but... I honestly think it's it's a really easy pick if you're Southgate because he has all the right attributes and he's gained quite a lot of experience this year because he's played a lot for Everton. It's a different pick, but I, I don't think any pick would be controversial at this point just because behind Stones and Maguire, there is no one that really stands out. Mings and Cody are probably the two most likely and they're really nothing special. Yeah, and... Tamori, I guess, could also be a similar option to Godfrey, but I do think that Premier League bias is a real thing when it comes to England squad selection. Oh, 100%, 100%. But I think in a back four, let's do it that way, uh, I think Maguire and Stones are the starters. Yeah, so currently we've got a Pickford in goal, Shaw left back, Stones left centre-back? Who plays left centre-back at the two? I think think Maguire. Yeah, I think he does it for United, so I think he might as well keep oh, it. Okay. Yeah, and then Stone's right centre-back and Walker. Kyle Walker right-back. Yeah. And are you playing, would you be playing a 4-3-3? So, interesting, but 
after going through all the options, I, I actually initially wrote it down as a 4-2-3-1, but after considering all the options, I think 4-3-3 is better. So I'll give you my starting midfield. And this is with the thought that Henderson is probably not going to make it because that's what Southgate said in his last interview. Uh, my starting three in the middle is Phil Foden, left center mid, Declan Rice, central, Mason Mount, right center mid. Three out of three. That's exactly the three I'd choose if Henderson isn't fit. If Henderson is fit, it almost becomes a selection issue because I don't think you can have Rice, Mount or Henderson. That's two of a flat midfield. Yeah. Unless you're playing Mount 10, but I don't like, I prefer Mount as a number eight than a 10. Yeah, me too. I think his energy is like the main factor. I, like he's a good creative force, but I just don't think he's as good as Foden. But I think his energy makes him such an important asset to have in the team. Yeah. And he's, I think he's a player that can make the passes from deep. He's not necessarily the person who's making the intricate final ball. Yeah. He's keeping it ticking, making progressive passes through the field and making late runs into the box, as we've just seen. Yeah. Um, my backups, uh, 100%, I'm taking Jude Bellingham. Like, Agreed. There, there's no, I don't think anyone can argue this. Like, I don't care that he's 17. His defensive output is only second to Rice. He's performing on Champions League nights at the age of 17. Like, I don't think it's really debatable that Bellingham goes. Like, who are you going to take over him? Winks, Milner, Ben White? Like, no, <laughs> just no. Uh, and then I think probably Calvin Phillips goes. Yeah. I, it's a weird one because I'm not overly convinced with him, but I watched the England games and he did look solid. He looked, and also I think he's very comfortable in that position. So he can slot in either six or eight very comfortably. Yeah. What, what I think makes him like undroppable to someone that's like, Tom Davies, for example, or Winks, is he's able to defend, but he's also good on the ball. And I think yeah. all of the other options, like I was looking through Ben White's stats, and obviously they're a bit skewed because he moves around center back to CDM. But every time I've watched him too, he's just not great at defending or great in possession. Uh, yeah, no. If if The problem is, if Henderson was available, who would you take out of Phillips and Bellingham? given that you had to choose, would you drop Phillips for Henderson? Yeah, I'd, I'd take yeah. Bellingham. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, on the topic of Bellingham, I think the Man City game is the first full 90 minutes that I'd like watched him closely. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked at how good he was. He was really good. I didn't realise like his his physicality. I think it's just in the, in the past year or so, he seems to have grown. So he's winning so many duels when he's getting into battles. Yeah. And, and no, I think, yeah, I think we definitely have to take him. Yeah. And I think footwork, ability to progress the ball, energy, like he kind of brings everything besides being a goal threat, but that's not what you need from a backup central midfielder. So mm. I, th- I think Bellingham's nailed on for the squad. Yeah, definitely for sure. And then the third, so the backup to the mount position, or I guess this is more so the Foden position. This is a really hard one, and I haven't been able to choose between them, so hopefully we'll be able to come to an agreement. I've shortlisted Lingard or Madison as backups to Foden. I think this is because I don't actually have a direct backup to Foden because of the way I've picked my squad, because I'm looking at a... Hmm. 
I think technically you could argue mine is Grealish. But okay. I'm starting Grealish left wing. But if Foden was to get injured, I'd play Grealish in attacking mid probably. So, so do you have your 4-3-3 set up as a flat 4-3-3 or like no, an attacking mid? No, as a, okay. as a, a 4-2-3-1. Okay. And I'd have Grealish and Foden attacking mid and left wing with um, lots of attacking rotations between them. Uh-huh. Because both of them, if they're playing a free role, if you've got Foden, Grealish and my other right winger who I'll tell you in a minute, if you've got all those three interchange, and I just think it'd be incredibly hard to defend against with obviously Harry Kane up front. Yeah, so I think it will effectively probably play like that. But like on paper, I think I want it to start as a 4-3-3 flat because Mount, like being a deep six wouldn't like necessarily work like the way a 4-2-3-1 is. Um, it wouldn't rise. It would be rice, the deep six. It'd be rise six, Mount eight and Foden 10. Do you think that's defensively stable enough? Um, not against good teams. No, not against good teams. You're probably right. And in that case, I'd probably start Henderson instead of Mount, and then maybe even have Mount in number ten. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. And then I guess then it would become a four-three-three in that case with Mount left centre mid, like he does for Chelsea often. Yeah, the the reason I've gone for the flat four three three is and starting Foden on the left is because obviously he's been playing more so as a winger a little bit. So mm. if he needs to go out wide, I think that'll be like you know just a quick step to the side. But I also think Foden's an underrated defender. Like he is very energetic in his pressing. Yes, he does win the ball a lot. So I would yeah, yeah. trust him. I just wouldn't want him positioned higher up as a ten because that's just more distance that he has to cover to get back. Yeah, I think it, it very much depends on the team we're playing against. And if it's a big game, I don't think you can have a pivot of Rice and Mount. Yeah. But if you're playing an early game, a group stage game, when Henderson's not quite fit, I think definitely Rice and Mount in a game that you've got to win, Rice and Mount is the way to go. So would you, so is your sixth midfielder Henderson then? At the moment? Um, I've got eight midfielders and four attackers. So I've got oh. Rice... Mount, Henderson, Foden, Bellingham. Phillips. So I'll, I'll say Henderson slash Phillips. It depends on who's for Okay. Uh, Bellingham, Sancho, Saka and Grealish. Okay. Okay. I I just positioned Sancho and Grealish uh, on the wing. So that's why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess like the sixth midfielder in a flat three for me, between Lingard and Madison, who would you take? That's a tough one. I think probably Lingard, just because by the time Madison is fit, if you're taking him to the Euros, he's still got to gain match fitness and there's no assurances that he'd be ready. He's actually not a repeat injury. Go on. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, but uh, he's actually back this weekend fully. Oh, really? Yeah, he came back. He came on versus Man City uh, as like a bit of a fitness test. So he, he should be back fully starting this weekend then i think it's ultimately down to who ends the season better yeah. and i think at this very second it has to go lingard's way just because the form lingard's been in since he moved to west ham he's been unbelievable and whoever plays better in the last i don't know how many weeks seven or eight weeks or so um i think they can have the spot yeah and and i was looking at some of lingard's numbers for west ham i mean everyone knows his attacking output but he's putting up 21 pressures a game like that is crazy amount of work 
Yeah, they showed um, Sky Sports said that he covered the most distance in the game against um, who was it Wolves, and he ended yeah. the game with cramps. So yeah, he's definitely um, he's, a, he's a man rejuvenated, you could say. Yeah, hundred percent. So I I think one of them makes it, and I really love James Madison, by the way, but I think that Lingard just probably has the edge on form right now, especially in my system where it's quite a fluid attack. Um. And you've got Grealish, for me, who has to start left wing. Um, having Grealish and Lingard it gives me more abilities to interchange because Lingard's more comfortable on the left, whereas Madison, I wouldn't feel comfortable swapping with Grealish and having him left wing, for example. Yeah, for sure. But then the other thing I was thinking is I'd be more comfortable with Madison as an eight rather than Lingard as an eight because Madison did that in Rodgers' system basically all of last season with Tielemans. They were basically definitely, like against eights. Definitely, but I do feel like the team has enough eights with Mount, um, Phillips slash Bellingham slash Henderson, whoever is picked. I think there's probably enough eights in there. Yeah, so it's an interesting one, but I think we'll settle for Lingard probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so left wing, you said Grealish is your starter. My backup is Rashford. Pretty, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, yep, Grealish is my starter. And my backup is Sancho. So you so you've put Sancho on the left wing. Interesting. Uh, Sancho or Sterling, I haven't decided yet. Okay, and then who's your right wing options? Sancho and Rashford, but I'm starting Rashford right wing. Maybe controversially. Because the nature of the team, especially if Reese James is at right back. Um, considering you'd have Grealish, who likes to drop deep and come with the ball, Kane, who also likes to drop deep, you need someone who's a runner in behind. And I think Rashford's the type of person who, if you get Reese James to push up the pitch, he'll tuck in as an inside right striker, basically almost as a striker and a two. And um, yeah, he's got the pace to get in behind. Whereas you, someone like Sterling is better against a deep block and Sancho, another player who wants to play with the ball, whereas Rashford's someone who will get in behind. That's definitely an interesting one. Uh, I think I think Rashford did well, right? He played right wing for a little bit for United, and he did have a good spell. Uh, that that's hard because I think Sterling has been so good for England since the last World Cup that it's almost inconceivable to drop him. But I also do see what you're saying. So so I'm you're trying to say that because from experience, I haven't got the numbers, but from experience, Sterling I didn't think had been that good for England. I mean, in the last qualification group for the Euros, he had like eight goals and nine assists in nine games. The problem is that is against Andorra and Liechtenstein. So yeah, for sure. But he was putting up like Kane, like the same numbers as Kane. He had. True. So true. It's. I personally would probably start Grealish, Kane, and Sterling, because I think that Sterling is fast enough for those runs in behind. But True. he's also secure enough in possession, whereas I think Rashford's just a bit too slow in possession. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily like the way he flows with a possession attack. Like most yeah. of the time at United, he's good on transitions. So I see why Again, you pick I Rashford. Think, I think it's another. It depends on the opposition because certain opposition are going to be more suited Sterling if we're playing against an easy team, but against a big team like Spain who are going to dominate the ball. I think you need that outlet, and I don't think you have that in Sterling. Um, 
you can't really I, I don't know you can't really isolate a defender with one on one and just leave him up front really I don't know I, I do think it depends on opponents and there are obviously there's a core of the team which will be Kane Mount Rice um Stones Maguire and Pickford but the positions around it can change depending on who we're playing yeah um I think I think the way I would go is for the group stages it would be Sterling but if we were playing a team like Spain, because Spain have Jordi Alba at left, at left back, I would definitely start Rashford and just tell him, hey, you see all that open space left by Alba? Yeah. Run into it. Um, also, what was I going to say? Um, I forgot I forgot what I was going to say. Go on. Yeah, so I, th I think Sancho is very interchangeable between the left and the right. Like, he's a fantastic player. I can't believe... Was it Carragher or Neville that left him out? Both. I mean, honestly, yeah. it's shocking. Like to put as you're saying, English bias, uh, English league's bias. I mean, to put Mason Greenwood in there over Jaden Sancho is maybe criminal. Like I think that might be criminal because the difference between Jaden Sancho and Mason Greenwood in age is like barely two years, but the yeah, difference in all around development is like not conceivable like it's not close by any objective metric it's, it's very obvious bias from gary neville who picked greenwood and i remember what i was going to say now i think rashford would be a better sub to bring on the sterling yeah that's 100 because against tired legs rashford's pace definitely and sancho would be a good sub to be honest we've got a lot of good subs really yeah because sure. albert lewin is a nice option to bring off the bench and just start whipping balls in yeah, I, I love Calvert-Lewin, honestly. Such a fun player. And and the thing I like about him, too, is if, if Kane gets injured, right? Let's say he picks up an ankle injury or something in the group stages. Uh, Kane's our starter, right? No, no debate yeah. about that? Course, <laughs> uh, I, I think Calvert-Lewin's, like, very, very serviceable up top as the main man. Like, he doesn't have to be a bench option. If Kane is injured, like, I wouldn't worry about him at all. Like, the way he is willing to make runs into every channel, he wins almost every ball out of the air. He's willing to do the dirty work for the attackers. His finishing is that's what I was going to say. Mm, at, at times, his finishing in the air is obviously unbelievable. But at times, I think his finishing has left things to be desired, especially when compared to Kane. But it's acceptable. It's acceptable. But I don't think it's the standard of an England player. He's not. As good a finisher as Ings, for example, obviously. Yeah, I think Ings is a better finisher. Uh, like, elite strikers tend to have, like, a 50% big chance conversion rate. It's like, for mm -hmm. example, Kane across his career has 55%. So he And he's known as one of the best finishers exactly for that reason. Yeah. Uh, and I think Calvert-Lewin's is somewhere between 45 and 50 this season, which mm -hmm. is a bit skewed because he scored a lot of headers from, like, five or six yards. But... I, th I think it's okay, you know, but his yeah, all-around yeah. play is what makes him a good asset. I think his finishing, if he improved his finishing, I think that's what would take him to the next level as a player. I think that's one of the only arguable weaknesses in his game. And the fact that maybe he's not as good at Kane as dropping deep um, and helping out with the build-up, but at the same time, not everyone's Harry Kane, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and he's more of like the type of player that'll drop deep and like 
just do a real real quick like wall pass or something rather than yeah. Kane who will turn around and play a long ball through. Yeah, 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 yeah. A player we didn't mention was Ward Prowse. So the reason I don't it's like I like Ward Prowse, right? But I think that with Shaw, with Reese James, with Foden, Mount, like you have so many players that can take set pieces. Mm-hmm. And I think if he takes set pieces away from Ward Prowse, he's not better than Phillips in any way, really. Oh, no, I 100% agree. Although I do think in a 25-man squad, I would enjoy to take Ward Prowse just because of how good he is at free kicks. He treats free kicks like penalties. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I I think it was the last England game, or maybe the one before the last one. He came on with 20 minutes to go, and we got a free kick from about 35 yards, and the keeper made an unbelievable save. And if not, Ward Prowse would have scored the... The most unbelievable free kick. And I, I just see in the Euros, if we can have another Kieran Trippier moment and hopefully not bottle it again. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I guess. But but then with a 25-man squad, like with the players we've chosen, we would probably end up sacrificing one of Chilwell and Trent. And if you're taking Trent, you already have someone, you have, you have just another person that's good at set pieces. True. But I, th- I think in a 25-man squad, you can take players, you can take risks. So maybe you type in Madison player, some, someone that offers something different because it's unlikely that all 25 men are going to be picked. So you can choose someone that's very specialised for certain situations like Trent. If we're looking, I don't know, if there's a game that we're going to need a really attacking right back and not need to do much defending, then he might suit the game. But um, there's, I don't think there's any point in putting like a fifth centre-back, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Just to go over it for sure. Uh, in goal, we have Pickford, Walker, Stones, Maguire, Shaw, Mount, Rice, Foden, midfield, Grealish, Kane, and Sterling right wing or Rashford right wing? Uh, I'm happy having Sterling right wing because okay. it depends on the fixture. Yeah. And I, th- I think in the groups, the three games are fairly easy. So, mm-hmm. but- yeah, I mean, I'm happy with that. And I think that really, un- unless the players just completely underperform, which I don't think so, actually. I think basically everyone's entering the tournament with good form. Mm-hmm. I think England have a shot at winning it. Uh, the, the, this is actually something that I'll discuss further on too when I pick other squads on this podcast. But I think there's a difference between squad talent and managerial talent in international football. And I, and I think that Southgate and Deschamps have the best two squads, like by far the deepest, the best players. But in terms think, of squad, but in terms of 11, I think Portugal's is right up there. Yeah. And maybe Belgium. I haven't thought about how across the board Belgium's is, but I think Portugal's is definitely very, very solid. Yeah. So actually, that, I was, that's a point I was going to make is Portugal have the balance of a good squad and a good manager because I think their manager has been them for like six, seven years. He won them the last Euros. Yeah. His experience, he's a, he's a good coach for sure. And um, I don't rate Southgate. I think Deschamps is way too pragmatic for his own good with the squad he has. Like, you cannot be scraping past Bosnia and Herzegovina with Mbappe, Griezmann, Dembele, like, you have too much talent to be scraping games this, like that. Is this in the qualifiers or are we talking last um, international football? No, last the, the, last game, the last game that France played for their World Cup qualifiers, 
they basically got off with a 1-0 win versus Bosnia because Larice made a freak save. Like my was- only my only issue with that is England have always been unbelievable in the qualifiers and then turn up to the World Cup and do terrible. So I think you've got to be careful taking too much from the qualifiers because on the actual tournament, a whole different team turns up. That's fair enough. But one to know an interesting stat about France's World Cup win? Go on. <laughs> they didn't outshoot any opponent until Croatia in the final. So Really? Like, yeah, so uh, that's on target, by the way. Uh, so they had less shots on target than Denmark when they played them, less shots on target than Uruguay when they played them. Like, they were just that's, that's getting, interesting. I didn't know that they were getting by with just good defending. I mean, like Varane and Umtiti scored winning goals for them, so it was really just old style defend, score off corners, score penalties, and like Griezmann scored three or four penalties. So I, I'm not, I, I, yeah, I'm not saying Deschamps is a bad manager. I just think he isn't great. I think he has such good players, and he plays such a boring style. I think it's in. I think it's interesting that not always will the best team win in the tournament. If you, Portugal, I believe, drew quite a few of the games and ended up winning them on penalties. England last World Cup were, weren't particularly good. I don't think the only game that was particularly convincing was Sweden two 0 but even that was against Sweden. The games against yeah. um, Colombia, we considered in the last minute of the game and barely deserved to win. We went on penalties, scored a lot of set pieces because VAR had just been introduced and they were pulling people up on shirt pulls in the box Yeah, and a lot of penalties and some freak goals. I think we only scored about two non-penalty, non-set piece goals in the whole tournament. I was, I, this is interesting. I was actually looking at Kane's goals uh, in the World Cup, obviously got the golden boot. He I know, scored, it's funny. He scored three penalties, two headers from inside the six-yard box. And his sixth goal was a shot by Ruben Loftus-Cheek that deflected yeah, off of him. Yeah. I mean, I, I you, you can't say a golden boot is undeserved, but if there was ever one to be undeserved, it would be I that know, one. It's very funny. Yeah, and then I think the one thing with managers, to go back to that just a little bit, Italy and Spain have Enrique and Mancini, and I think they're great managers. Like They've pl- proved themselves in club football. I think Mancini's record with Italy is amazing. I think they're unbeaten in like 20 or something games since he took over. So I think while those squads might not be that good, the manager might make the difference. Versus, I think, I think Italy are dark horses. And I, have, I think they have a few players that will go under the radar. Players like Verratti, players like Bastoni, um, Barella. They've got a lot of players that are underrated in English leagues because people don't tend to watch Serie A as much. Yeah, I, th- I think Italy's only issue really is that their like, elite-level defenders are Bonucci and Chiellini. Historically, they're both having an awful season. So Yeah, they got that. are getting very old, aren't they? Yeah, and then at left-back, they basically don't have an option. Like It's a bunch of older left-wing backs who are having middling seasons, so... Who, be... who they play in, do you know who they played in their last um, friendly at fullback? I, at don't, I don't actually know who they played at left back, unfortunately. I can search it up real quick. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I think whereas with England, the squad will be the deciding factor. Um, I think with Italy and Spain, it'll be more so the managerial kind of influence. 
because I think they have the two best managers there. And then Portugal is kind of the middle ground where you have a solid manager and a good squad. Yeah. Um, I can confirm Italy played Emerson at left back. Yeah, I, th- I think you're not... <laughs> that, I don't think that's a great option to have it left yeah, back. Yeah, no, you're right. But the, the, as I say, the midfield, they've got a very strong midfield with Verratti, Locatelli, Pellegrini, Barella, etc. Yeah, there's a lot of good midfielders for them. But that probably brings a conclusion to our England squad. I think I'm very happy with that. Like maybe the players that have been left out that maybe you'd want to take, but obviously can't because of limitations. Harvey Barnes, Madison, Ings, Watkins, Bowens had a great season. I think injuries injuries has made it definitely a little bit easier with players like Joe yeah. Gomez, James Justin. And with them being out, it makes it a tiny bit easier to select. Yeah, and Harvey Barnes. I mean, the form he was on before he got injured versus Arsenal, like, he was pushing Rashford. Like, I think they have the same amount of league goals, or maybe Rashford scored one recently, so he went ahead. But, I mean, he was putting up very similar numbers to Rashford, and if he kept it going, maybe it would have challenged him. But... Obviously not anymore. So, well, um, to interrupt, what might be interesting is there could be no Leicester players. If there's no James Justin, um, Madison or Harvey Barnes or Vardy, obviously, there'll be no Leicester players who might end up third in the league. Yeah, that, that would be pretty crazy. Just I think injuries would be the only explanation for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but thank you so much for coming on, James. It was very, yeah, very fun. Anything. Yeah, and... I think we've chosen a good squad. Hopefully that hopefully Southgate doesn't go five at the back and bring guys like Mings and Cody. That would be it. I'm not I'm not, I'm not hopeful. We'll see what happens, but I'll, I'm not looking forward to it. All right. Thank you so much, man. Have a great rest of your day. No problem. And you enjoy.